can't teach a kid to be tough. You can teach them to be courageous, but you can't teach them to be tough. Toughness is a, it's, it's a skill. You have it or you yeah. don't have it. Like I said, you can teach some courageousness. Welcome to the Jamoti Podcast. We are all surrounded by amazing coaches and leaders. So let's get an inside look at not just what they do, but how they do what they do. After all, becoming the best versions of ourselves is Jamoti, just a matter of doing it. Today, we are joined by the head women's coach of Texas A&M Commerce, Jason Burton. Coach Burton is entering his ninth year at the helm of the program. During the 2019-20 season, Coach became the all-time winningest coach in program history. He's guided the Lions to reach the program best ranking number two in the WBCA poll during the 2021-22 season. In 2020, Coach Burton earned the LSC Coach of the Year Award. He's also part of the Women's Basketball Rules Committee. Before we hear from Coach, take a moment to subscribe to our podcast and follow us on social media at Jamoti Podcast. First of all, I uh, just want to say thank you so much for taking the time to talk hoops with me. I, this is a busy time of year for you. And then even more, we'll, we'll talk about your program and some some good things that have happened. But the like you kind of mentioned earlier, off off the off the show, just some of those consequences. Mm-hmm. But just thank you so much, man. No, man, I, I, I appreciate you for inviting me on. I'm looking forward to just being able to talk basketball, man. It's been like I said, it's been kind of a crazy last few weeks for me, and so this is this is good to to get a reminder of, of, of you know why you do some of the things you do, and and uh, so I'm just I'm looking forward to today, man, and 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 uh, the time I get to spend with you. Awesome. We we tell our players all the time, like you may have difficult things going on in your life, stressful things, but use basketball that hour, that two hours, as kind of an oasis, like away from it, just disconnect. And yeah, uh, I think talking hoops for us might, might do the same thing. This is the perfect time. And normally, like, this is our workout time. And so this is – last Friday was our last workout. We're now in a dead week this week. Next week's finals. Then they they get to go home for a little while. And so this is our first week without having workouts. And so I'm already like, what do I do at this time? And <laughs> I fly out tomorrow, actually. I fly out to Indianapolis. Uh, I'm on the National Rules Committee, which is which is a pretty cool deal. Like, I was a part of moving a three-point line back last year. I was, I was in the room when – we we voted and it got passed. That's cool, that's, man. It's an unreal experience to kind of be a part of that. This is not a rule change year, but to even be in those conversations, uh, like we we'll fly out tomorrow and then I'm, I'm there Wednesday or Friday on that committee. It's a uh, pretty, how many people cool. on that committee? Uh, it's it's like I don't want to lie. I want to say it's like ten coaches and administrators, yeah. and then you have um, the head of officials for the NCAA, and then you have, um, there's a head of officials, and then there's another, um, the national rules chair, and then you have a couple people from the NCAA office. So there'll be like 16 of us in the room. um, Deciding the fate of of everyone. (laughs) Of of everybody. And it's it's crazy because I I was, just some of the things, discussions I got to be a part of, and and some of the things I'm like, where did they even, like, who even thought that that was a good thing to even talk about and, or think of? And, Man. and uh, I feel like I, I feel like I did us some, some styles last year, at least on the women's side. So there's two different committees. There's a the women's okay. and the defense committee. I'm on the women's, obviously. And then, um, um, but I, I was, I was, I feel like I was implemental and, and instrumental in implementing the, the challenge. We got to challenge uh, block charge calls this year, and, and that was, um, that was something that was I, I, I fought for, and I, I think helped to push that one along. And 
there were other things that there's so many things that you're like, why, is, why are we even talking about this? Like uniforms and things like that. Yeah. About this. There's but more important things. That the size of the logo them. on the shirt and wow. things like that. But it's, it's, it's really a, a, out of all the committees I want, I had an opportunity to be on or I wanted to be on. I didn't think I got, I didn't want to be on the national rules committee, but I was like, let me get in the door. Yeah. And I'm like, man, this is, it's so interesting. And, and it's uh, because you're talking about the game and, and like these, what we decide in these meetings determines the game and, and the direction that, that college basketball is going. So we can talk about all the stuff that goes on off the, off the court and the NILs and things like that, but the actual game itself, like to be a part of, of the game is something special. That, that responsibility to me is huge. And I can kind of hear from you how, how serious you take it and how honored, because I think all of us uh, normal people just sitting out here complaining about, you know, the high school game, the college game, the pro game, but none of us will ever actually be in a position to do something about it, yeah. you know, besides just complain to, to no one. And so <laughs> you're actually doing that. that. That's incredible. What are your thoughts on the the four quarters versus two halves? That's a big difference between the men and women's game. Yeah, I, I was against that at first because I'm like, why are we changing? Why are we changing college basketball? But then we got into it. And it's just like a natural flow. Like it's, it's, I think, I think the women's game is ahead of the men's game in a couple aspects. I think the quarter aspect is one thing um, because now college men's basketball is the only basketball game. Only one. Has. Yep. Um, and, and they still have the, the one and one and everything. And, and which it's, it's good and it's bad. I like the, I, <clears throat> I do like the one and one, but. You know, I think I think the end of the game situations, like I don't I like that the advance the ball that women have. I think I think that's a it's a great piece to the game. Um that is just it's more like the pro game. Yeah. Um and and so much of the conversation that we have on this committee are about, you know, helping to to transition and, and kind of make u- uniform, you know, Euro European basketball, pro basketball here, college basketball here. Um, and that's like one of the main things that's like men's basketball is just holding on to is, is, is halves. And so, I mean, what do you think it is? Do you think it's the fact that just, and it's not about age, but there are just on that other side, some purists or guys that are just unwilling to change the product that they've been watching for, you know, the last few decades, because you're right on the money. In so many ways, college basketball is the last group to, Besides Texas high school, <laughs> with the shot clock, but the other well, thing is about things. what I think is about is money. I mm-hmm. think a lot of decisions get made based off of money, um, and and what the halves do, it, it puts in one more TV timeout. Wow! So <clears throat> you have a 16, 12, 8, and four minute media timeout when you do halves. So that's four timeouts when you do quarters. It's only a Five minute, under five minute media, the quarter break, and the under five minute media. So it's three media timeouts. So that's what I think it's about. I think it's about money. I don't know that for a fact. That's just my guess. But I mean, the, <laughs> the amount of dollars like that go into, if you could figure out the amount of money that goes into one media timeout, and then the hole that that would make, yeah, I, I, I could see that being especially, something real. Especially when you look at the number one money maker for college athletics is the March Madness tournament. So yep. you're talking about one less media timeout 
in all those games. Yeah, the compound probably, effect there is huge. Yeah, it probably boils down to a lot of money. And so that's that's my personal opinion. I don't know if that's fact, but that's what I would say. I love getting to talk to coaches at, at high levels that not only are great leaders themselves, but surround themselves with or play against other great leaders. So what's one quality or several qualities that you just think are important that great leaders have? Oh, man, it's funny. I, I picked these questions and I've, I've had so many things happen between looking at these questions and, and now, and, and I'm sure I had an answer, a different answer at the time. But I, I think one thing that's important um, for leaders is to enable other leaders, right? Like you, you have to, um, for me as a head coach, I want to one, hire really, really great people um, that, that know what they're doing, they're competent, that, that love people, um, that fit our culture, that, that, that compliment me. But uh, at the same time, I gotta be able to, to relinquish control and, and empower mm -hmm. them and allow them to do things. And, and I, think, I think a byproduct of that is the more you pour into your coaches and you enable them to, you trust in them to, to do their job. One, I think there's more ownership that they take in your place. Um, two, I just think, I think for me, like when I have other coaches that are high level coaches in practice, it allows for there not to be a, a dip in practice. So what I mean by that is if we got a two hour practice. It's going to be hard for me to be on, on 10 the whole time. <laughs> yeah. The whole time, but where are you out? Yeah, I can tell you, hey, Coach Sam, I need you to, I need you to get the first ten minutes of practice. I need you to get practice going. I want the energy high. I want us going. I want you to set the mo set the tone for practice. Then I can jump in and I can go hard for twenty minutes, thirty minutes. My, we can have a defensive segment next, and but it allows for one. I think you as when I when when head coaches and when leaders empower their assistants, it it, it allows them to have a bigger voice when it comes to the team. Um, when it comes to uh, the the buy-in from the team, the trust in the team with with not just the assistant coaches, but but everybody. Um, and it, it it also shows that it shows trust. Like when yeah. a head coach trusts his assistant coach to do their job or her assistant coach to do the job, um, why shouldn't I trust me? And, and so I, I think I think just being somebody that empowers others to to have success. And I think too. Uh, and I'm not the best at it, but I'm, I'm trying to get better. I've tried to empower our, our players to have more of a voice too. I think that you want that same buy-in, that ownership from your players. And so, um, you know, we got to the, the conference championship game this year. We got to the second round of the NCAA tournament this year. And sometimes you don't get to pick those, those shoot-around times. You get some very early shoot-around times and you don't play till 8 o'clock at night. And it's like, I don't think the team wants to go to shoot around, but let me ask them. And before I wouldn't ask them, I would, I would make the decision myself. And I was surprised this year because two times we had a late game, um, but we had a really early shoot around. And I asked the team, I said, look, it's up to you guys. If, if you guys would rather sleep in, let's sleep in. But if you guys want to go to the gym and you want to do the shoot, shoot around, let's do the shoot around. It's only 30 minutes. So we'd be waking up. We may be driving 20 minutes to practice for 30 to go back home. And they both times they told me yes. And they're like, well, we got time to sleep. We got time to nap during the day. So we'll, we'll nap during the day. And I, I was really caught off guard because I was was not going to go. And um, and it made me feel like, okay, we're, we're probably ready for these games. Like yeah. it, it really made me feel good as a head coach that they chose to do it. And I just felt like empowering them in those moments, um, it, it helped with the buy-in of the team too. So. And the buy-in, they were two really good shoot-arounds for, nice. for early morning shoot-arounds. And we don't have good early morning shoot-arounds ever. So. Man, that, that's pretty genius. If you can 
not and you didn't manipulate them in any way there but if you can get them to make that choice on their own like if you would have mandated it just human nature would say well because you want me to do this you're telling me to do this i don't yeah. want to do this and, and but yeah that choice is huge let me ask you 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 said something interesting about giving up control and golly that's just such a hard thing to do have you always been that way or was there a time where you transitioned and what what made you do that no i i, I definitely wasn't always that way i think i think anytime <laughs> you take over a program uh, especially with new new people um you want to you feel like you want to get it right and yeah. you want your hands and everything you want things to be ran a certain way and i think when i got to the point where i had some retention of my staff my staff was really an extension of me they knew they they knew our system they knew what i wanted but they also I, I had enabled them to have voices at least within our meetings and things like that that you know they took off they 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 took whatever they were given and they ran with it they did a great job and and for me it was the more that they did a great job with the stuff that they were given i wanted to continue to give them areas to to improve and to be better and, and eventually you're trying to you're trying to develop other head coaches um yeah. i felt like we started really having success here when I had multiple head coaches within the program. Um, and even though they weren't a head coach by title here, they were they were ready to leave here and be head coaches. And so, um, you know, Marquise Brown, he, he just accepted the head, head coaching job at Oklahoma Christian University. He's gonna go there and do a phenomenal job. He's been a head coach within this program for the last four or five years. Um, and then I had um, Jean Marie Wilson here the year before um, who was us three on a staff together. She had been with me for three years. And in her third year, I felt like she was turning the corner as far as being somebody that could be a head coach sooner rather than later. And she's somebody that's, you know, in her late 20s, mid to late 20s, Coach Brown's 40 now. And so a younger coach and an older coach, but I felt like she was she was somebody that was turning the corner as far as being able to be a head coach. And it showed because last spring, she had, th she had I think, three jobs that she was in the mix for a head coaching job. And, and the minute people start calling you asking you apply you're in that ballpark of being a yeah. she left last spring she's from dc she went back home to howard to be the recruiting coordinator there had a great season went to the tournament won the first round game they played that playing game and then they turned around and had to play south carolina the eventual national champion uh ran into a buzzsaw but <laughs> but I, I think she went there and, and made that place better yeah. and and i think that's what for me you know, as you as you pour into your coaches and you give that, it's that early investment can really reap benefits for you because I felt like I had multiple head coaches that I I could give them something I knew was going to get done, and it allowed me to 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 stretch and be able to do other things that we yeah. weren't doing before. Like I can be more involved in fundraising, I can be more involved in and in the fan engagement, trying to get you know our attendance the last few years has been the prior be. Besides the COVID year, our attendance has been the best it's ever been because we've just been able to get, I've been able to do more things. Um, I've been able to concentrate on basketball more. You'd be surprised at how much people ask me all the time, like, what do you do during your day? Like, what do you do when you start basketball season? I'm like, if you only knew all yeah. the stuff behind the scenes that goes to keep the yeah. machine going. Just changing the rules <laughs> of the game on a committee, no big deal. <laughs> but it, 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 but but people just think that we coach yeah. basketball and, and the 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 mentoring and and the and the academic help and, and the different things that go on behind the scenes 
Um, they, I just, I've had some, some really great people around me that, um, you know, when you pour into them, just tenfold what we got back mm. as far as, um, you know, the product within our program, this, the type of coaches we've had here. And, and um, uh, so that's, that's to me what it's all about. And, and uh, it's, it's, it's very, it's made it very tough to replace them uh, because uh, you, now you have such high expectations and, and, um, but they almost have to start over, you know, you with, a, with a new over. group. Yeah. And it's, and this it's, it's the time right now to like, we're transitioning to division one. We'll be division one next month. And, uh, but it, it's also, it, it's the clean slate. It allows you to kind of reconfigure some of the things where you, now that we're at this place in our program, you're like, well, I think we can get better in certain areas. And, and so it's, it's a challenge right now, but it, it's fun. And, and, uh, I'm, I'm happy for all my former assistant coaches that are having a lot of success right now. And hopefully they, they've really learned something here that they can take into, into their next, um, job opportunities and, and create more leaders for the future. So. Yeah, it's a little bit about the lens that you choose to view the, all of these changes by, you know, like going to yeah. D1, all these coaching changes happening. But it's if it's an exciting thing for you, you know, if you view it that way, then I think that helps all of us with our approach to whatever we're doing. You, you said something about, I think, player ownership, player engagement is something that's talked about a lot. I think assistant coach ownership and engagement is sometimes lost. I don't, I just don't hear that talked about a lot. And, and I think you, you nailed it. How many programs do the players truly view assistant coaches differently than they view the head coach uh, as, as less than, you know, as, as uh, just a different level, obviously about with authority, there's a little bit of truth, but when you enable the coaches like you've done, uh, uh, you get more buying from them, but the players start to view them uh, in a different way, right? I, no, no doubt. I, I would, I think so. Um, <clears throat> and and uh, you know, for me, I think some of this some of this change is good because um, I I get a chance to man get re-energized. I felt like I felt like. Um, well, one, I was very, I've been very comfortable. I've been, I've just been blessed with, like I said, great coaches around me, but it allows me to kind of get back into the details of things. And, and that's where like, anytime you have huge turnover like this, it, it allows me to, like, I have to go back and talk about the details and it kind of sharpens me a little bit. And I think, I think too, so from, from our player standpoint, that's going to help because some of the, like we've had a lot of success in recent years because of when you have success, you're a lot, you're able to get better players and, and get better players. So we won a lot of games on talent, but I think the last couple of years, we've kind of missed some steps in the details. And, and so this year, just with a new staff coming in, I think I'm going to be able to get back into some of the details that I may have missed with, with, with this current team. And, and I have a lot of players back that, but I do believe so much that our, our players have really um, felt like our staff was uh, a, a really good staff. They could go to anybody for help, that they were going to get real answers, that they were going to be able to get their their issues resolved or, or solved. And, and um, I really feel like they've had some really, really good and genuine relationships with our staff. And I, I think that starts with just empowering our staff and, and making sure that, that our players know that 
if you're talking to one of the assistant coaches, it's like talking to me. And and um, that's it's just worked for us over the years. And and we'll continue to 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 hire good people and allow them to have a strong voice. And I'm excited. We got a former player coming back into the fold on on the staff this year. That man, she was such a great player for us. And that's one other thing that I think I've done uh, or that we've done here in in my time here is we've hired former players. This is going to be our, our fifth former player to join my staff in eight years. Coaches, the Jamoti podcast is powered by Biology. What's your BSA score? The Biology Skills Assessment is the only verified skills metric endorsed by the NAIA, NJCAA, and a growing number of NCAA coaches to discover and develop the best talent for your team. This four-minute, 40-shot test can be taken free today on the Biology mobile app. Elevate your game. You have the, the this new crop of coaches that's going to be coming in. And so you're not just teaching your players about your standards or culture, the way that you do things every day. You're also going to be teaching those coaches. So what are some of those standards or, or pillars or the culture of your program that you're going to be uh, showing them right off the bat? So like we, we, if you, if you see us on social media, we, we hashtag fast pace on everything. And that, that's twofold. That's, that's one, that's how we want to play. But, but two, that's our core values. Um, so the fast is it's family, it's accountability, it's service, it's toughness, and the pace is passion, uh, it's appreciation, it's competitiveness, and it's excellence. And those are the things that we, that we want to strive for. Uh, we want it to be a, first of all, we want it to be a family environment. Like, we spend so much time with each other, man. We we become family, and and within a family, you got you got good days, you got bad days, you got times where you get along great, you got times where there's conflict. But at the end of the day, you gotta <clears throat> you gotta be a family that loves, and and I really feel like love is talked about in our play, in our in our within our culture, and it's it's lived as well. Uh, accountability, you gotta be willing to be held accountable, and you gotta hold other people accountable, hold yourself accountable competitiveness, man, I really believe in that. Like we, or I'm sorry, I want to fast that service. I believe in giving back. Um, and I believe that, that, that as coaches too, we got to have a, have a servant leader mentality. Like we're here to serve. We're here to serve this university. We're here to serve our players. Yeah. Uh, we're here to serve each other on the staff. That's the, that's the mindset that we try to have. Um, the T toughness, man, you can't win without toughness. And especially just, man, you, you look at COVID and, and you look at, this 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 last two years man it, you better have some type of mental toughness to get through this yeah it's, it's hard you talk about mental health man but there's a yeah. lot of the great thing about about student athletes man is, is you're developing just tough leaders i think there's so many I mean, if you can get out of college athletics and have had <laughs> and made it through four years like <laughs> yeah it's, it's you get like a badge at the end of that yeah but but just but what it does to you mentally as far as like man I was a college athlete. This is nothing for me. Uh, I, I see so many of my former players and what they're doing now and how they're leaders. That's because they were able to, they were able to balance being a student, being a high level player, yeah, um, and and do all that and have success. And they found their way out of that and time managed that whole thing. And I'm sure they probably had a lot of fun on the weekends and weeknights and all that too. Like you're able to balance all that student athlete life when you have success, um, and then. Go to pace real quick. The uh, coach, let me let me let me pause before pace at okay. the T. Uh, 
question for you. You get yeah. a kid that is talented and skilled but lacks toughness. How much can you put that into that player? Or do they need to have a certain level of toughness when they get to you? Yeah. And then you can maybe help maximize that. It's a great question. <laughs> I don't know the answer, so I want to know. My good friend in coaching, uh, name is Chuck Taylor. He was on the men's side for a long time. He's actually back on the men's side. He's a JUCO head coach back in Alabama now, but he's at – when I first met him, he was at South Alabama as an assistant, and he became a head coach at Paris Junior College. It's all, he, all on the men's side. And um, we used to talk about toughness, and he used to always say, you can't teach a kid to be tough. You can teach him to be courageous, but you can't teach him to be tough. And we would talk about that all the time. <laughs> and it was funny. Like he, he would say, that, yeah, that, sucker, that, that dude, he's courageous, but – uh, I, I love it. I, I think, love I that toughness is a it's it's a skill you have or you yeah. don't have. You can you can and and like I said, you can teach some courageousness. Well, like you, like your vertical. I mean, <laughs> I did a ton of I did a ton of jumping things back in the day, and it took me from here to here. It did improve it a little bit, but I did not have uh, a a large capacity to begin with there. And, and maybe yeah, I think that's something. And, but, and, and here's an example. Here's two examples of toughness versus courageousness. There's some kids that you're just like, that dude is going to lay his body on the line. They're going to take a charge every time. It's not a question like, oh, I'm there. I'm taking a hit. That's what it, that's what it takes to get the win. And then you got the occasional person that can be courageous in the moment. And a lot of times it was just wrong place, wrong time. I couldn't I couldn't move out the way fast enough. So I could start. <laughs> got hit. You got you got kids that are, are tough kids that I'm I'm a guard 94 feet the entire game because that's who I am. I got a high motor, I'm determined this is what coach wants. And then you have the kid that is, okay, it's the end of the game and we're down 10 with three minutes left. I'm gonna I'm gonna bend my knees and do it for a three minute segment. And you're like, why isn't this who you are all the time? Like mm. I just think there's there's there are times where you can you got people that act courageous, but that's not truly who they are. And then you got some you got some players that are just toughness that's that's who they are they, they come they bring it every day doesn't matter what the situation is too I, there's physical and mental toughness and i think that just you just got some kids that you know they're gonna make it in life because they've made it through situations that you're like man I, I don't know i can make it through that situation but here you are doing it doing it with a smile on your face and and you're here you're just resilient there's certain things that you know sometimes by the time you've got you you get to us in college, you have so much life experience that like some kids are just built different and yeah. they're built with a certain mental toughness. And there's some that haven't had to have some of the same like upbringings as far as having opportunities to be, to show your toughness. And, yeah. and, and sometimes you get here and, and kids are more tough than we think they are. They just haven't had an opportunity to show it. Mm. Uh, thank you so much for sharing that. I think yeah. I need, I needed to hear that because that idea of, I mean, I'm at a, I'm at a private Christian school and great kids, but the toughness level, it's always, I'm always wanting it to be more at times across the board. But that idea of, I've heard, you can't teach it. If they don't have it, they don't have it. But then I love that distinction between toughness and courageous. We have tons of courageous kids here. Yeah. Tons. There's some, there's some great moments. Great yeah. moments. Yeah. <clears throat> 
All right, go on to pace. There's, well, there's some kids just hadn't had the opportunity to. Yeah. And sometimes life brings out some toughness that you didn't know you had. Um, and and I, maybe, I maybe as coaches, how can we manufacture opportunities? How can we create an environment where they so, they have conflict, right? Another, I'll say another two quick stories. Now, yeah. Um, one, former former boss of mine now, and then colleague Sam Walker. Um, he he was a he was an evil genius when it came to coaching. He's the best coach I ever worked for because he would sometimes like he would just realize in the middle of the season that we hadn't had enough conflict, and he would come to practice and pick a fight. And uh, <clears throat> he just felt like he had a he had a pulse on the team of when he mm-hmm. felt like there needed to be some conflict, and when there didn't. And he was just a mastermind when it came to that. And I, I just sometimes I didn't know what he was doing, and he had a he had a reason for everything. And I, I just, uh, I I really I really respected him for that. And I I totally for blank drew a blank on the other thing I was going to. Well, but there, there's an art to to that, and because there's that's beyond X's and O's. There's mm-hmm. some guys that I just I mean can outdraw anyone in plays and have this memory like almost a photographic memory but if you don't know the pulse of your team and it's not just know it but know how to manipulate in a good way and change it to where they need to be you know you're 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 missing out on a huge piece so that art is huge no doubt so i'll go to i'll go to the page real quick okay passion um i just think you have to have especially at this level like you you have to love what you do and, and us as coaches them as players because it's, it becomes too much of a job there's too much at stake when it comes to <clears throat> wins and losses and what it takes to be successful at this level you gotta love it and I, i'm a firm believer too like anything that i'm gonna do anything i'm gonna put my name on or spend my time on like i'm gonna give it my all there's just time is the one thing you don't get back yeah um, and, and so if you're gonna spend it you might as well spend it well and put your all into it so be passionate about whatever you're gonna do in life if you don't love it then you probably shouldn't be doing it at this level for sure um, the A appreciation, man. I just, I, I believe appreciation goes so, it can take you so far, man. It's just thank you and, and thanking people. Um, I've gotten more with thank yous and, and showing appreciation than I've gotten with anything else. Mm. Um, I just think it goes to how you treat people, man. And when you treat people the right way, they tend to want to do things for you or do tenfold for you, um, what you thought you could have got for them. And so <clears throat> showing appreciation, man, like, uh, when we can, we try to give gear to people that help out or, or just do little things to, to show appreciation, man. Our, having conversations with our, our janitors, our custodians, the people that take care of this building, man, I think are huge. And, and those people want to, they're the people that on a Sunday afternoon when you forgot your keys are around and they want to help you out and things like that. So I just think showing appreciation is huge. Um, competitiveness, we, we compete in everything that we do. Every drill that we do, there is a winner and there's a loser. And we're going to compete for that. And I just think that breeds success when you're competing on a high level in practice mm-hmm. all the time. And then excellence, you just got to demand it, man. I, I think that um, it becomes it becomes uh, part of your brand, man. And, and, and that should be, and that's what we want to be associated with is when you think of AM Commerce, women's basketball, or AM Commerce, we want you to associate excellence with that. Mm-hmm. I think that's why our coaches have gone on and, and gotten really good job and got a head coaching job. I mean, that's why our players have gone on and had a lot of success. And 
business or flying overseas, whatever, but just demanding excellence in, in everything we do. I love the, uh, the, in passion, the P. I was blown away. I mean, I can still remember my college days and not too far, that far gone. Uh, I was blown away by how many of my teammates really didn't have a passion for the game, yeah. you know, at that level and how I could use that as an advantage for myself, a passion for the game to work harder, to spend more time, to give a little bit more. In your opinion, how many high school players are coming out now that say they want to play or they love the game, but you just don't see that passion in them? I think they think they're passionate, and then they get here, and they're like, maybe I wasn't that passionate. <laughs> um, I also think there's – I, mean, I hate to say that. I just think we're playing. I think kids play way too much basketball, man. Yeah. Um, I, I I think <clears throat> you know it becomes somewhat of a business too. I, you know, one thing we try to do here, man, is we try to have fun with some of the stuff that we do. I, I think you can. I think you can get things done, but still have fun with it. And we had fun this last week of, of workouts. We had the Commerce Olympics, right? And so, oh, please share. Please so share. So what we did was. We put it, we wrote everybody's name on a dry erase board and um, every event and, and there was team competition, there was individual things, but everything had a point total assigned to it. So let's say day one, day one, first thing we do, we had two teams. We do star shooting. It's a shooting drill. Winner gets two points. So everybody on that winning team got two, two marks by their name. Next thing we do is clean the court. Okay. So we do, you know, one-on-one -on -one or two baskets for six minutes take the top two from each basket to, to one basket. And everybody that made it to the final basket got at least one point. But the winner was going to walk away with four points, so four, three, two, one. Take the top two from each basket? Top two. Okay. All right, so we had we had 10 people in our offseason, so one bas two baskets of five players. Top two scores from each basket. They come back to the final, the championship basket. That's the queen court right there. And then everybody that made it to the queen court got at least one point. Uh, winner got four. Second place got three points. Third place got two. Fourth place got one. So then we just kept a running tally of everything. We had a two-on-two -two tournament. We had a uh, we played three-on-three cutthroat. Then the next day we did something different. We you know different shooting drill. Uh, we did kill drill. Um, we did five-on-five. Five. So we had a skills challenge where we like the NBA skills challenge. You got to dribble around some cone, yeah. pass it, hit a target. Um, but the whole thing is is so that whole week. Are we necessarily just doing skill development? No, but you're, you're competing. And, and, and to me, competing at a high level is a skill. Like, the more you're – if you're competing at a high level, you're getting better, mm -hmm. right? And that's like <clears throat> when you're sprinting against somebody, I don't care what you're doing. If, if it's me versus you, I'm going to push myself to give my all to win that thing. And it's the same thing with basketball. If you're, if you're pushing yourself in a drill and you're trying to win – then you're doing that thing at full speed. You're doing it. Um, if you're trying to hit a target, you are you're trying your best to be accurate with your stuff. If you're trying to make a shot the first time, so you can hurry and get down, like you're you are working on. I, I got to shoot this with the right follow through. I got to go full speed. It's gonna be gang speed shots. And so that was our thing the last week is let's have fun. And at the end of the week, you know, we give prizes whether it was um, you know some more gear or or whatever. Um, try to make it fun. So at the end of the week. We got some out of it. We had fun. And instead of going to the weight room the last week, the last day, we played volleyball as a team. And they loved it. 
And, and I just think that, you know, we're going to work hard at everything we do, but also they got finals coming up. They got papers. Yep. They don't need to stress out about, we don't play a game till November. So we don't have to overdo it all the time. And I think sometimes as coaches, we, we, we overdo it when we don't have to. Um, and so that's one of the things, but I, I think it's, it's on us too to help keep some of that passion alive because we got to remember at the end of the day, it's a game and we do this because we love the game that we play. And so you want to continue to, to make sure your players are loving the game and, and you want to keep them. Like, yeah, a lot of the, the details become monotonous. Like I got to get a thousand shots up this week, but okay, mm -hmm. how can we change it up and make those thousand shots fun? Like what can we yeah. do to make sure we're still having fun? Because I mean, y'all, I just think there's, there, there's, you can you can lose your your fun and your passion for the game if, if you're not trying to find ways to have fun in what you do. So sprinkling ways to have fun in the work that, you, that you're going to be doing. Coach, that's a good nugget. And the I'll have to send you a video of the Faith Olympics uh, that we do. And I just think that's so cool. I love the idea of different point totals for, thing, for things. How many different games do you feel like you had in all, if you could guess? So we, we did... <clears throat> four days worth of workouts. And we probably did, um, we probably did four workouts a day. So, you know, probably 16. Okay. Days. I love that. Going back to, cause I want to kind of finish up the, this, the, your culture piece. I love the fast pace uh, brand. Like one, cause I feel like we try to do that here at faith too. Uh, but what's unique about your, though, that those standards or your pillars those eight words is that it goes with the style of play that you want, but then also the type of culture and human beings that you want on your team as well. And, and things that'll help them. I wonder how many cultures out there or how many teams have things on their wall that are great, but really don't sync up with there's a disconnect between those words and actually how they play and do things. Yours seem to both go uh, hand in hand, which is brilliant. The beauty of, of COVID, I was sitting around the house and I'm like, <laughs> just thinking about, you know what I had to do is I had to, and we say fast pace all the time. Like I, I just, it's one of the things we talk about all the time. Like we want to play at a fast pace. Like you, you get into recruiting pitches and you're talking to families, you're talking to players. Or I, I was going to, we had a really good year in 1920. So I was speaking virtually on all, on all these coaches mm -hmm. clinics. And I'm like, I just got to thinking and I'm like, I think I took our core values from Shaka Smart at a TABC clinic yeah. eight years ago. I liked what he said. And so I think I just stole his from verbatim. It wasn't, it wasn't ours. So I, I never really remembered, remembered it. I just yeah. like, it was, it was cool, but we weren't really living that. And so the COVID you're sitting around and I just had time to think. And I'm like, what, what do we stand for? What do we want to do? What, what is something we say all the time? And, and I just started thinking about fast pace. We say it all the time. We hashtag it all the time. But what does that mean? And, and and it was easy. Like the F was easy. And you started thinking about things. Some of the core values that I had on my wall, the appreciation, the accountability was already on there. It just, yeah. and the fact that I had two A words, I was like, this is lining up. Okay. I had competitiveness on my wall, had excellence on my wall, but I would, I never had the order. And now it's easy to say fast pace and remember it. And it's it was all things that we were living and doing, but now, like it, it just made it made more sense when when I actually had time to sit down and COVID forced me to sit down and think about my thoughts, <laughs> think about what I really wanted. Yeah. You mentioned a little bit ago 
about how you use social media. Man, probably 15 years ago, I was listening to a podcast. I can't even remember the name of the guy, but he said, if you're a coach and you're not actively using social media to promote your program, you're behind. And as a competitor, I thought, well, I don't want to be behind. And so I started to, uh, you know, on the limited platforms back then, but then I branched out. And so what are some ways that you use social media to enhance your program? Man, I, so we have a we have a staff meeting every, every Monday morning. And every Monday morning, um, let me rewind. When I, when I, my last two, my last staff, um, and I say the start of the 1920 season, I had a guy that he had been blowing me up, wanted to be on my staff, wanted to volunteer. He, he never coached before. And I'm like, dude, if you're, he lived in he lived in Addison. He just graduated. His mom oh, lived wow. in Addison. And so he was like, I want to get into women's basketball. And I said, if you're willing to drive every day from Addison to Commerce, that's fine. You can What's that drive right there? Like an hour ten. Yeah. <laughs> and the dude did it the entire year. I give wow. and Will Watkins, I give him a lot of credit because he left and and I'm gonna get to where I'm going, but he left our place after a year of volunteering and became the a grad assistant at Eastern New Mexico, then went from Eastern New Mexico to a $50,000 job being a video coordinator for University of Wisconsin. He's from Wisconsin, so that was his dream job. Then he just left Wisconsin. He's now um, employed by the Dallas Wings. The guy's like 25 years old. So backtrack to him. I didn't, I had, I had six coaches on my staff. I didn't really have a use for him. I didn't think, I didn't know. I went from like two co one coach to two coaches to five to six. I'm like, I don't know what to do with you. I said, your job is social media. And that just gives some other things, but like your, your main job is I need graphics. And they got good. Some of the coaches got good. But when my GAs left that year, I said, the next coach I hire, he's got to give me a social media plan for the year. And he's got to be able to, he or she's got to be able to do graphics. <clears throat> and so we got to the point after, after we hired a young man, every Monday, that's how we started our meeting. So we prayed, talk about academics, then social media plan. And and so some of the things that we did was uh, we had a young lady on our team this year named Mackenzie Shot, and we had we had Mac Mondays. And she had she was like five two and she bought a tiny mic and she hooked it up to her phone and she would walk around and, and, and ask funny questions to her teammates. So she do she do things. And she was somebody that <clears throat> was a player that was down the line as far as our depth chart was, I thought had a chance to really be good down the line, but we had an All-American point guard in front of her that had some, that had some years left. And so, um, but I loved it. I loved her and I wanted her to be engaged and she was just funny too. And and so, and we had talked about her doing a social media show and she took it and she owned it. And, and, and that was one of my favorite parts of our social media this year. Um, we always try to highlight birthdays. We always highlighted we always gonna do a, a, a half court shot on game days, so we always put that on social media. One way, and we thought about this a few years ago, but you, we always want to emphasize defense, and so we have a defensive player of the, of the game after every game. Not an offensive player. <laughs> no, I mean you. You already know that. You know, I just I just believe we want to reward our our top defenders, and yep. and and so you see sometimes on our graphic it'd be eight rebounds, five deflections, and a charge. 
and well, charges and deflections aren't going to show up in the stat sheet. Anybody can pick up the stat sheet and see who had a good offensive game. Yeah. But you don't know who had good defensive games. And so we wanted to make sure we highlighted people that don't normally get highlighted. Mm. And and that was one thing that we try to be intentional about doing. Birthdays. Um, we want to highlight alumni, especially we do a thing called a power hour in the fall. And power hours when we bring in um a guest speaker or a coach may be speaking that day, but we're going to spend an hour trying to pour into or empower our young women. We want to equip them to, to be successful down the line. And so, you know, that was one thing we always want to highlight the, the empower our speaker that came to speak to our, to our, uh, our team. Um, you know, there's clips from practice highlights from the games i can go on the line but we may ask you about highlights do you do highlights after losses as well uh so what we got to, we got to the point where we did highlights of the week okay more than anything and that's good that's big, a good idea big plays from the week um because sometimes you're on the road yeah and you for us and you you, you can't get it down the road but like on monday you know, we can get done the highlights from the previous week. And, and, Man, and uh, I like that. Um, yeah. And so that, that was one thing that, that we tried to do. Um, I think we did a lot of good stuff. I and mean, we were, we were very intentional with our social media, but we, we wanted, we wanted content coming out every day. That was one thing we wanted to be very visible on social media for recruiting purposes for, yeah. I really think that's how some of our coaches got noticed as far as jobs, because you were just, if people were following social media, you always saw us. And our coach, Coach Garcia, <coughs> he got he started doing the Don Staley challenge. When Don Staley starts retweeting his tweets, you got the hottest coach in the country retweeting our brand because um, she was doing. What's like, the challenge? So she, she got to the point like this is like January, February. She started doing a trick shot. Every like oh. you'd be in these gyms and she'd be in the stands and shoot a shot or she'd shoot a backward shot or she'd do whatever. And so these coaches would start recording themselves doing it, but on social media. Well, the very first one that she retweeted, we did this, he did it at home, and there's a big lion head right behind our goal. And so all you see is on, and it got on ESPN. And so you see our brand on ESPN because Don Staley retweeted, and I'm just like, it's genius right here. <laughs> a big takeaway though from this is is I mean, whatever the college pro NBA programs are doing trickles down college programs, it trickles down and, and w- some great ideas here for coaches at any level. But the fact that you're so intentional, it's, it's in your coaches meeting <laughs> along with the other things that, uh, that people associate with winning, but you also that the value of that, I mean, uh, that's huge. I, I think, I think graphics sometimes can take, they can take some time to do. And so if you're trying to do a graphic at the last minute, especially when you're trying to really be good about the brand of your graphic. Um, so when you're, when you're waiting to the last minute, to do something you, and you have other things to do, it just can be time consuming in your day. But if you're already, if on Sunday or Monday, you're thinking about what am I, what I need to do this week? Or if you're thinking weeks in advance, like the, the more we started doing it, the more he started looking ahead, yeah. like, Hey, next month, National Women's in Sports Day. Next month, we have the 4th of July. We got Christmas. We got So when you start thinking about the holidays that you want to put out stuff and and uh, or you start thinking about birthdays and you, you go ahead and do graphics ahead of time and you have them ready to go. And I thought just the more intentional we were 
with certain things. Signing day is coming up. Boom, the recruiting shutdown, whatever it is. Um, or we're about to be on the road. We're going to this city. Like we started being intentional with our stuff, and, and it has helped us be organized and 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 to get out good quality products all the time. Yeah. Uh, one thing I, I've done because uh, I, I use Photoshop and and to do our graphics on, and so occasionally I'll have coaches ask about you know what I use, and so Photoshop. It I'm not creative. Like I can't create anything from scratch. Uh, I'll, I'll give a shout out to our girls, head girls coach at Faith, Hannah St. Pierre. She is incredible with Photoshop and she can create her own or take just from someone else online and build it herself. Once I get what those files, which are PSDs from there, I am competent enough on Photoshop to change colors, do some things. But that, that's just a trick because you're, ta- you're, you're, you're right on the money. It's so time-consuming mm-hmm. to do all those graphics. And so if you are a coach out there that thinks, I just don't know what, how to do it or what, that's a way. Like ask people to send PSDs or their templates, and that way you can insert your logo, do some things, and that's just a – maybe that'll help. So one of the cool things that we got out of our Power Hour this year, one of my former players is the lead graphic designer for the Dallas Cowboys. So she put out some fire graphics this year. Like if you go and look on, <clears throat> I don't know why I just drew a blank on our linebacker's name. I mean, the Parsons, Michael Parsons. Yeah, yeah. She's done some really dope ones with him. She worked for the NFL before that. So like last year when when um, Aaron Rodgers got MVP, she had a, a really nice one of him. She, she had one for... Uh, Stefan Diggs, when he broke uh, whatever Bill's record was last year for receiving, yeah. I think um, she just has some incredible graphics. But Michael Parsons always um, refers to himself as a lion, and so he's got some. She's got some really good ones with like a, a lion and him, and and uh, so our our um, the guy that does all of our video and a lot of our graphics. When I introduced him to her, and she's like twenty seven, but they. Our guy is older, or older than her. He was like a kid in a candy store. Oh, I bet. To, to, to meet her because when she showed him some of the things that, like, she's done, he was like, oh, she's like, I mean, I've been trying to do this and this. And they were talking a whole different language that I didn't understand. Yeah. But I, it, was, it, was, it was cool to see that dynamic happen. Coaches, the Jamoti Podcast is powered by Shoot360. The future of basketball has arrived in Dallas-Fort Worth. Shoot360 combines the latest sports technology with the fundamentals of basketball skill development. The result is a -a one-of-a-kind video game-like basketball program designed to improve your shooting, dribbling, and passing. Visit Shoot360DFW.com to learn more and register for your free one-hour workout evaluation. Shoot360, the future of basketball is here. We've talked about fast pace and that outstanding culture that you have. Yeah. And we might have already bled into this a little bit, but just to articulate a little more, how does that drive the performance of your program? I mean, I, I just think, I think that uh, from multiple ways, like just having a high standard when it comes to, uh, first when it comes to recruiting, we're, we're going to recruit a certain type of player, a high level player that, um, you know, I think, I think it starts with, our coaches and, and how we talk and how we collaborate when it comes to recruiting. I've been on staffs where everybody had their guy 
and they were trying to push their guy because for some reason they felt like if their guy got signed, that was going to get them the next job. Um, here, we team recruit. Like, we're going to come in here, we're going to talk about who is the best person for our program, who is the best person. Um, before it was, you know, it was, it was us and Lubbock Christian were two of the better teams in the conference. And the this and Lubbock Christian had won the, the previous two national championships. So when in recruiting, we're like, did this young lady help us beat Lubbock Christian? <laughs> if they don't meet that standard, then why are we recruiting? Um, or are they better than what we currently have? Not, and there's no, there's no point. Like we were always trying to elevate. And so having a high standard and being okay, being told no is something that I've gotten very comfortable with and, and, and that our coaches have to be, I don't, if we're getting told yes, early on is probably, we're probably not recruiting the right person. And I, I'm taking that same mantra into how I've hired. Um, I'm going to get, I'm going to shoot for the stars. I'm going to aim high. And it's funny that just some of the conversations that I'm having in this hiring process that I wouldn't expect them to be able to have, but, hmm. but um, it, this really, um, I've gotten told no, but, but some of those no's are like, nah, coach, I really appreciate the conversation and the consideration. But, you know, I, I think I think having a high standard when it comes to recruiting the type of players that we want to bring in, and then just that <coughs> that translates on the on the floor too. Like we're recruiting high high caliber players here, and then we we're trying to hold them to a high standard when it comes to just everything they do. And and sometimes it's not easy; it's draining because mm -hmm. that high standard is not just on the floor. It's it's for how they act as young people. It's how they um, are in the classroom. But I think also too, like what ties everything together is um, the love that we have for everybody, man. It just starts with the staff and, and how we love each other as a staff and how we have each other's backs. Um, and that bleeds into the players. I think they see how we interact with each other, um, how we're genuine with each other, how we how we care about one another. So it's a, I, I'm able to get on you or we're able to get on you or hold you accountable and hold you to a high standard when you know it's not just about basketball with the staff. They actually love us. They actually care about us. And, and I think that's what kind of holds our culture all together. Yeah, that relationship piece is really important because without relationship, uh, once it just becomes basketball, you know, it's more transactional. Yeah. You know, on both ends, <clears throat> between players too. So that transformational yeah. culture you're talking about is huge. Oh, yeah. and the the people are trans they're transferring at a, at a high high level right now and, and you know we've had I, I would say less transfers than than most uh, in today's culture and I'm I'm really proud of how we've been able to retain people I think winning has a lot to do with that but it's still even when you're not playing as much as you oh, yeah like yeah. to it's tough for for people to want to stay and 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 um, but still people have been bought in they they've stayed here and, and um, um, you know, we've been graduating a lot of players. So I'm, I'm, I'm extremely happy about that and how we've been able to retain people and also how we've been able to elevate our coaches. So um, it's something's working. And, yeah. and I'll tell you what, what's one of the biggest things that's helped me is I just I read a lot, man. And, and I actually don't read physical books. I, I do a lot of audible. Yeah. Um, like when I'm driving, um, I'm intentional about I go get my hair cut an hour away. And that sounds crazy. Um must but be I, a good I, barber, man. Really. He, he actually really is a good barber. Um, just a good guy, but he'll, he'll come out here sometimes. But I, I go about an hour away every week. And so that's two hours that I have one day a week that allows yeah. me to 
think, gather my thoughts. When I'm in my office, I don't get a lot of work done as far as planning. So I plan a lot in my head, like on the drive, as I'm listening to audio books, listen to a whole lot of John Gordon. Um, yeah, I was going to ask, what are you reading? John Gordon stuff? Anything else? A lot of his stuff right here. Tim Grover winning. Oh, yeah. Um, Max Lucado when it comes to faith stuff. Mm. Um, but I have a lot of John Gordon right here. And then I have, I, I, I do a lot of audio books, man. I read, I, I get a lot from people's story. One of the, this is going to sound crazy, but one of the best books I read this year was 50 Cent's book. Really? Man, so, is, that the, is that the Die Rich one? Or, or, or what, what's the it, name of that? I don't, Coach, I don't know if you've ever heard of The Leftovers, but um, I've heard of it. I have not read it. It's, it's, it's my book, and, and it's about the, the ty- Baylor Times. Unfortunately, though, it's not on audiobook. I don't think anybody I, would want to listen to me <laughs> like this for, for hours and hours. But if it was, Coach, would, I mean, would you read it or would I you listen it, to I it? I see it back there. It's right, it's right there. That's why I'm like, I have, I have seen shameless, it. <laughs> shameless plug right behind uh, my shoulder. <laughs> hustle harder, hustle smarter. Okay. That's his book. But I've like, man, I've, so this year I've done, uh, I came as a shadow, John Thompson. Great book. Um, great, great book. Umbutu. I'm sure you've heard of that. If you haven't, Umbutu. That's the culture. Uh, culture. Doc Rivers, right? Yeah. And it's it's based on an African proverb. So I read that. but going back to auto, uh, autobiographies, uh, Tim Grover's second book, Winning, the Will Smith book. How was that? It was phenomenal. He's phenomenal. complex, man. He's complex. He complex. Yeah. And uh, so Jamie Foxx has a book. It's, it's really about uh, about fatherhood. Um, agent You by Nicole Lynn. So Nicole Lynn is is a big-time sports agent. But she's, a, she's a black female sports agent, one of the youngest out there. Mm. One of the only female sports agents out there that are doing it at a high level. Um, and just, man, I, I've always I wrote, read Kevin Hart's book, but it's, it's, it's incredible to hear the, the different stories. So I'll go to Will Smith, for, for example. Like, you see this mega superstar, and when he was at the height of everything, it was like he owned July, right? Like, there was, a, there was like a season where, like, every July 2nd, he was coming out with a movie. Independence Day, Men in Black, Men in Black 2, all these different movies, like Summers After Summer, uh, Wild Wild West was during that time. <clears throat> He's having all the success. He had, a, he had a hot show. He was a rapper. He had a Grammy, all this, like, but what was going on? And then he, he started having kids that were doing the same thing, like when uh, Jaden was doing Karate Kid and his daughter was, yeah. had a song called Whip My Hair and she was like one of the biggest things, like it seemed like he was having all this success, but what was going on at home wasn't the same thing and, and, and how they viewed him. And it's, so it's, I think it's always intriguing to hear the human element of it, mm. of what people are going through, because we think that because somebody is having all the success that they're immune to life and what's going on in their personal lives. And when you get to hear that story, it kind of humanizes them a little bit and you realize the sacrifices that people have given up to <clears throat> to have the success they've had. And, and sometimes it makes you think like, do I really want to give up all that and sacrifice some of the things that they had to sacrifice 
to achieve what they achieve what what they had to achieve or to do it that way like is there another way that i can quote unquote have my cake and eat it too i mean for me i i want to be a great father and i want to be a great husband and if i can't do those things then i probably don't need to coach and i probably don't need to coach at certain schools if it means that i can't do those things at a high level um, if i can't be a christian man at that school because we pray i pray we pray in practice we pray in the locker room pray in staff meetings um if we can't do those things then i probably don't need to be at that place and there's certain things that i'm not willing to give up or sacrifice um but it's it's incredible to hear like like going to that will store his daughter just one day stopped like i'm done with music he's like well no you just signed with jay-z like, you can't you can't do that to Jay-Z right now. <laughs> and uh, um, <clears throat> his son didn't like him for a little while. It's because of how hard he was. Didn't want him on set and different things like that. Obviously, his relationship things. And we know he's going through some stuff yeah. after the, the yeah. Oscars. Yeah, um, tough moment. Yeah. But uh, just this, man, this uh, ultra-successful guy that everybody, man, he's gener- he's, his success has crossed generations. And But to see the, the behind-the-scenes human aspect, that's what intrigues me. Too, I love to see people's success stories because it helps you. It helps me at least to coach different types of people to uh, get understanding of what people may be going through. Also, it helps me as far as my career path and the things that I want to do and, and to see to try to learn from people's mistakes. Like you only see people's successes, but you don't see what it took for people to get there. And I love those stories, and that's why Fifty Cent story. Like Fifty Cent is a genius, and I'm going to go on record saying that right now. If you read his book. You're gonna like. I don't know enough about him to ever make that claim or that statement, but you've li- you 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 probably know you probably know more than you think. But like, really? like right now, he's got some of the hottest shows out right now that he's producing on on Stars. Mm-hmm. Um, but how he started it, like he his first season doing a show called Power, he was made he made like thirty thousand or something ridiculously small for the season. He bet on himself, but now he's at the point where he has three spinoff shows from that one show mm. and this is what that show has developed into on stars and that platform and how he he bought vitamin water and sold it and just mm-hmm. the little things that he's done throughout his career that the man is a multi multi-millionaire and you would think that just based on how he acts sometimes that he's not very smart but the man like doesn't really drink he he he's also he always he's always keeping a silver a silver mind. He's very level headed. He's he's intentional about the things that he does. Um, when you read his book, he talks about the circle, the people he surrounds himself with, and why and why he had to cut certain people off, and just how he downsized from a twenty million dollar mansion to what he would like. He just very he's calculated a lot of what he's done, and he tells you the reason why behind it. And he just he wrote a book to let you know that he's not an idiot. He's very he's very smart in what he's done. Coach, um, I'm sold. I, I'm gonna. I'm really gonna look into that. Yeah, I'm telling you. Like, I just, I, I really changed my perspective on him. Like, whether you can agree with some of the decisions he's made, he's he's a smart man, and he's he's respect. He's very well respected now because of the moves he's made in the film industry, and he's mm. a producer now. He's not he's not really active, but he's producing behind the scenes, and he's making a killing, and he's very intentional about it. And it's just like. I think you can learn from people's successes and failures. And that's why I'm, I'm into autobiographies right now um, a lot because I think people have interesting stories and, and it, it takes it takes a lot to get there. So 
What what great reminders, and and I love the I love how we flowed, you know, into that, and because making making your car a your mobile classroom is something that I've forgotten to do quite a bit, but I've heard that term, and that's that's really what you've done, and it, and also takes us to you know the last question, which is, I mean, uh, nine nine years now at Commerce. This is I just finished my eighth season, so I'm okay. going to your nine. Going into just finished your eighth. That's his head coach. So I started my career here. I'm actually going into year 13 overall. Okay. Because I spent four years here on the men's side when I first started my career. Eight years. And you're already the winningest coach from your program, correct? Yes. Which I you you probably don't pay as much attention to that, but I, I looked it up. And but so all of that success in such a short amount of time. I think so many coaches, I mean, we all want success. We want to see our program win and do well and win championships and, and on the personal side to be, you know, winning as coach or to, to have that, those accolades is great. How do you sustain that? Because so many times when you take over a program, I think quite often it's at the bottom or in, in a bad place and you instantly, if, you're, <laughs> if, you, if you have a good plan, you can get some success, but then keeping it is like, that's what makes to me Coach K just so incredible is is not just that he's had some wins the sustained success yeah what are some ways that you've been able to do that <clears throat> man I, I told told coach walker that like so my mentor the guy that brought me in this business the men's coach for a long time he's the all-time winners coach on the men's side i told him and I, I this was last week i said man i really i really respect what you did because he was here for 20 plus years mm. i, I want to say 16 is the head coach um but it's incredibly hard to sustain success, especially like <clears throat> things like like what's what I'm going through right now as far as a whole new staff. And so two years ago, I had to not not take that back, not two years ago, last year, I lost three of my four assistant coaches last year. And um all of them went to uh two of them were GAs. So it was they were graduating, it was their time. There wasn't a full-time position for them to move into. Um, but they all, they both got full-time division two jobs mm. with salary benefits, all that. And then I, I ended up losing, um, Gene to Howard. So I lost three coaches last year. Um, but I still have my associate head coach. Now I'm losing my associate head coach and two other assistant coaches. And it's like, it's one, one thing you have to win to stay at the place that you're at. Otherwise they're going to get rid of you. Yeah. And like we said, it kind of, pre-show like when you win there are unintentional consequences that you don't think of and you, you expect to lose an assistant coach or two from your year when you're having success but you never expect to lose all of them so to mm -hmm. constantly have to re replace people hire new people get them to buy into the culture believe in the culture sell you is tough when you have to do that year in and year out plus and as you notice players change mm -hmm. and like it's not every four years, sometimes it's every two years. And like you know, your seniors, especially like right now in COVID, when you have the COVID seniors who are 22, 23 year old, 23 years old, they've been around the block, they've done it before. And you have 18 year olds on your roster and they're com two completely different people. Yeah. One based on how they were brought up, but two, just their mental place now, like they're in a different stage of life and constantly having to get them to, to buy in, to be on the same page. And to do it at the same place, and and you you get like 
the longer I'm here, you get turnover. Like I'm, this is crazy to say, but I am the second most tenured. No, I take it back. Me and the volleyball coach are the most tenured coaches in our athletic department. Most tenured people. Um, our AD's been here seven years. I've been here eight. And so, and but if you add the four years before, they've been here 12 total. So it, it's, it's just not a lot of people that have been here. So just to see the constant turnover and to try to maintain a culture has been one of the hardest things um, that I've had to do. But I, I, I'll say this, like, we built it the right way. That's what's, that's the reason why we've been able to sustain it because we didn't have a, a plan where we were going to get success overnight, right? Like, yeah. It was, our first year, and we took over a two-win program the previous year. They had won 26 games in five years prior to us coming. But we were 14 and 14, and 16 and 13, and uh, a 21 season, an 18 win season, a 21 season. Like it was, it was slow progress. Um, but getting the right people, establishing how we're going to do things, and being consistent in how we're going to do things, uh, it's just taking time. And I think, I think that's different than, than than what people want right now people want that instant success like i want to come in here i want to do this boom i want to get out and i'm gonna be honest with you man like that was my intention when i first got this job hmm. my intention was let me go to commerce let me be there for two or three years let me win at a high level and let me go get a division one job i was very selfish when i first got this job and god had different plans for me two months onto my job my my two captains passed away in a car accident um, and it and I felt like at that point we had just finished recruiting. I felt like we had a team that go and dominate. We could win right away, and it could be about me and what I was going to do and what I was going to do next. And then God forced me to make sure that for this season that, that my players were okay. Like be poor into these young women, and and make sure that it's not about basketball. It's not about mm. what you win. It's about and let's make sure that these young ladies are able to get through the season, that you help to heal a community, that you just be a man of God. And and so it forced us to have individual relationships and individual meetings every week with these players. And it just, it, it forced me to like realize that the first time I met the parents of the two young ladies that passed away in a car accident was one was in the hospital, one was at, at, the, at the morgue. Wow. And that's not how you want to meet people. Like I probably should have done things differently. I probably should have reached out to the parents and things like that when I got the job or it just makes you think, and maybe it doesn't happen all, like that all the time, but it's like, man, wow, this is not, this is not how you want to be meeting somebody for the first time. And uh, it, it just, it made me realize that it's about, it's about something bigger than me. And, and it's easy to get caught up and get selfish in this business and, and wrap your mind around um, what you want to do and the, and the things you want to achieve. And, and I am the all-time winners coach here, but it's funny, man. Like, I, I, that was a goal of mine at one point for it to happen, but I really, like, now I'm at the point where, man, how many lives are we impacting? Like, it's fun. Like, Empower Hour is one of the most fun times I have because we had three former players this year come back and speak to our team. Mm -hmm. it's like, first of all, I'm getting old that I have former players <laughs> that want to come back and speak to our team. <laughs> But uh, it's it's cool to be in that space, man. That 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 one your 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 alums want to come back and they yeah. want to pour in, and it's their time to like jab back at me, you know. When they're but but they but you can just tell they're in a different space in life, and it's cool to see that man they made it, and, and it's cool for them to come back and like man I can remember being here, and them telling the stories about how they wish they would have done things a little bit differently, um, 
and that's what it's about for me is is, is the impact that we're making on people. Um, it is it, it makes this it makes this job fun because there's a lot of challenges, but uh, in this job, but but seeing kids that don't believe they can graduate finally graduate, seeing kids turn the corner on things uh, and start to figure out life, man, it's 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 why I'm coaching. I, I've been able to find my why. I think that's. Mm-hmm. One of the most important things, man, is I came I came back here because God had a plan for me to find my why and how I'm going to impact people. Um, and I'm far from perfect, and I don't make an impact on everybody that I want to make like like I think I should. But but you know I think we're in a, in a, in a business where we had a chance to, to to change lives. Everybody doesn't view it that way, but that's that's what what I want to do is is be a change a change agent for people um, and help them to to navigate life and, and, you know, and still believe and, and, and help them to be better than how they came here. And so if, we, if I'm able to do that, man, then, then I'm doing it right. And that's what I think, that's how I think we've been able to sustain success here is I think that our intentions are right. I think we do things the right way. Um, we've been able to get some really good kids because of that. And, um, you know, now, now players come to campus and they sell themselves, right? Like I don't. It's not me speaking. It's coming from a. It's coming from a place of just we can be genuine and 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 they can be genuine. I don't have to worry about which players that they get assigned to. Like they come and they team, they just hang out and, and they don't have to sell um, the recruits when they come here. It's, it's just it's genuine and that's one of the things that I feel like we. It took some time to get to that point, but now we're there, and and um, it's been a beautiful thing for us. So it's been that's why it's been extremely hard for me to want to go anywhere because yeah, um, we're doing it right right here. And well said, and thank you so much for sharing uh, all all of those details. And I think there's something to to be said for it's a hard spot to get to, but if you can get to a spot where you have the feeling of like contentment, contentment is viewed negatively in in the world quite a bit as almost uh lazy or complacent but contentment is feeling like you're you're where you're supposed to be and and when you can be in that place but then also remain open to possibilities if if god opens doors for you even though you're more than willing to be faithful in the place that you are Man, like that's a sweet place to be, and I feel like that's that's where you are. No, nah, you're exactly right. It's it's crazy because I've had some opportunities over the last few years, and nothing has felt right. Yeah. And one thing too, <clears throat> you get married, you have kids, and you you gotta you gotta make family decisions too. And yeah, man, it's been such a blessing for me. And you can see my family in the background right here. But see um, got a two year old. And well, I, when I grew up, I didn't have my my grandparents in my life. We I'm from Michigan originally. We moved to Texas, away from all of our family, and he's got his grandparents here. He's got and that that watching on a regular basis. COVID happened. My my mother-in-law retired. She's been she watches. She stays from Sunday to Thursday at our house and watches him. And it's it's a beautiful thing to be able to see your son being raised by a relative and a grandparent. And and, and my mom spends time with him on Fridays, and so. He's, he's having his his lineage pour into yeah. him, and there's you can't put a price on that. Man. That's that's a special thing. My wife loves her job, and and so I I, I hear what you're saying about contentment. It is it is viewed bad. I've heard all the, all the time early in my career, 
the first three, four years, they were all like, you got to get out. And when you get first time we had a 21 season, you got to get out. You don't want to get stuck there. I'm like, I'm not stuck. <laughs> we're building so, something. This, this, it shows this a little bit about yeah. their mindset and where they're, where they're yeah. at. Yeah. 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 So it's, it's, man, it's been a beautiful thing, man. And we got something special going and I'm a, I'm going to be where God wants me to be. And, and right now, and it's, it's been in Commerce, Texas. And, and, and I feel like we still have, you know, it's, it's, it's funny. I talk, talk to my brothers all the time. I'm very close to my brothers. And, and it's, for a while, I've had an itch to go to get back to the Division One level, but wasn't just going to leave or anything. And it's funny, man, that you you do things the right way and you're taking care of this place. And then God says, you know what? I'm making Division One, and I'm going to make you Division One where you're currently at. You don't got to go anywhere. This is where you're supposed to at, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to bless you too. Yeah. And so uh, it's exciting to be able to be in the same place but have a new challenge and new opportunity to to take this place to, to division one. And so um, it's funny, man, it's out, when you remain faithful, um, how, how God will open doors and bless your life. And so, man, I'm, I'm, I'm excited about this new challenge, this new journey for us and, and uh, excited to be able to do it here where we, where we built it. The Jamoti podcast is powered by Sideline Interactive. Sideline Interactive is the leading manufacturer for high-quality, innovative scoring tables and LED video display boards that help coaches and schools bring more excitement to fans, create huge fundraising opportunities, and make their jobs easier. Visit sidelineinteractive.com to check out their amazing products. And last thing before, before I let you go is, is the speed round. A, a lot of coaches, like I've actually known about you and, and followed you, and especially like TABC is... I feel like it's been you've you've been involved with that in the past, right? With yeah. TABC in some certain yeah. ways. So yeah, I just I just feel like you're kind of everywhere. And uh, but but not after people hear you uh, answer the questions of the speed round, we'll really know who you are. Okay. All Let's right. Quick, quick ones. Favorite ice cream flavor? Ooh, mint chocolate chip. Oh, that's the same. It's really not mint chocolate chip. I don't know why that came. Oh really God. I do like mint chocolate chip. Uh, it's probably the chocolate chip. It's probably the chocolate chip. Uh, my favorite's mint chocolate chip. So here I feel this connection, and then but it you is, quickly like, I do, turn like, it off. I don't, I don't. I normally just eat brownies and ice cream. So if I'm gonna eat ice cream, it's gonna be like vanilla with brownies. Like, that's, that's fair. That's, that's fair. my go-to. <laughs> for for high school, shot clock or no shot clock? Shot clock. Yeah. Texting or talking? Talking. Favorite Ooh, music? It depends. Oh, it depends. okay. Good answer. <laughs> it depends. I feel bad sometimes. I, I've, I've just I've been able to do this quite a bit now, and so like I kind of feel like there's an answer in my head that I feel is right, but it's 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 your answer. Yeah, there's a lot of times I don't want to talk. Yeah, you can get a lot more done quicker yeah. here, but yeah. the relationship piece to me, I I got to call. I got to talk to my mom more than I need to text my mom. It's but, funny because I talk is probably third to me because FaceTime is probably a uh, good two. call. Yeah. 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 Favorite holiday. Christmas. Uh, favorite genre of music. Ooh, depends on the day, but it goes. I mean, it's gospel, hip hop and R&B. Nice. Most, most mornings start with gospel. Yeah. Invisibility or super strength. invisibility does that surprise you i really wanted to say fly but that wasn't an option <laughs> just i don't know what super strength is going to do for me right now uh, that's true <laughs> coach don't fly away from there just stay, stay <laughs> just, put 
Um, if you could travel back in time, what period would you go to? That's a great question. And let me pre- you you could just visit and view it. You don't have to be in it. I'm gonna I'm gonna go biblical for a second. I mm-hmm. just want to see. I don't want to see Jesus while he was here because it's you hear about all these miracles and I, and and all these things that go on. I just would like to have seen. Like I would have liked to have been a witness some of those things. Like I just had time. Yeah. Just not a time period before I was born, and I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. I wish I could have seen mm-hmm. this or that. Like, or I don't, I, I don't need to go back and relive anything I've, I've done. Mm-hmm. I would That's like to good. have seen some of those things, like, and then, and then come back because what a story would you have to tell? Like, <laughs> <laughs> look, I've seen this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this was legit. <laughs> um, Favorite childhood TV show since you and I, I think are similar in age? I have three. Me and my wife were talking about this yesterday, as a matter of fact. And it's Fresh Prince. Yep. It's Martin and it's Jamie Foxx, the Jamie Foxx show. Oh, I, for, I forgot about Martin. There's some, there some gold there for sure. Um, two more. How many cups of coffee do you drink per day? At least one tall one. Sometimes two. Depending how, on do you, how do you drink it? I drink it with sugar-free caramel. <laughs> <laughs> this is honesty time. <laughs> man, I, yeah, that's. I lost some pounds just cutting out the sugar in my coffee. Mm. Yeah, it's incredible I, the calories that we drink. Yes, you know? I, I've started drinking, not drinking calories, yep. and I've lost weight just not yep. drinking calories. I, my face should be a lot better than this. <laughs> and, All right. Uh, yeah. Last, last one. Last one. Uh, Godfather, Star Wars, or it could be neither. Neither. What what types of movies are like maybe your favorite movies? I'm a big fan of actors. Okay. Um, so like anything Will Smith. Anything Will Smith or Denzel. I'm oh, yeah. Um, Give me your best Denzel movie. Ooh, I want to say... I want to say Training Day, but... It was that was literally in my head, trading day. But man, it's kind of hard to do. American Gangster, American Gangster. I was 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 thinking about that. I was thinking about he got game. I know it's not. (laughs) There's there's so many. I got this. Like I'm a Denzel fan. Like yeah, yeah, really good. Um, But just like I I, I like movies. But I don't like the Godfather type. Mm. Um, I probably would go Scarface before Godfather. That's fair. That's fair. Unfortunately, I'm a Star Wars guy, but I also grew up with it and there's a the connection with the dark and light my favorite trilogy i'll give you my two favorite yeah trilogy. go ahead bad boys because i'm again will smith that's yeah but uh um what's the matt damon one um born born supremacy um, or all born, those yeah born, that's my that's my favorite favorite series. before the born movies i never thought that matt damon could be that no <laughs> <laughs> but he was great Jason Bourne's my guy yeah that's right well coach this was I mean so enjoyable uh just to get to learn more about you about your program and and even you know some of the struggles because everybody wants to get to the top of the mountain but staying there is really hard and it has some obstacles that you just don't really ever hear about so thank you for sharing today man 
Yeah, this was awesome. This was awesome. It was it was it was great perspective. It, it was good to get my mind thinking about certain things, man, and thinking about the culture and thinking about everything, man. This was this was great. Needed it, and uh, really enjoyed it, man. So I appreciate it. Thank you for checking out today's episode. Please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast. Share it with your fellow coaches and find us on social media for what's coming up next on the Jamoti podcast. It's just a matter of doing it.